Welcome to the Positive Turbulence Podcast, Stories from the Periphery. Here we journey to the edge to talk to turbulators about their experiences creating positive change. Hi, I'm Karen Sedinga, your co-host for the podcast. With the advent of social media and big data, the lines between being a thought leader and an influencer have blurred. That's making it tough for innovators, the thought leaders, to get their ideas out there. It feels like shouting into the wind. Where once it was possible to relatively quickly engage and develop a community on social media, now the space seems to be taken up by bombastic, chaotic chatter. With all that negative turbulence, how do you find a way to stand out? Hi, I'm Rob Brodnick, and in this episode, we're going to spend some time with Vicki Sullivan, an expert turbulator and marketing strategist for thought leaders. It was a real treat to get Vicki's insights into what she calls the new thought leadership. For innovators and turbulators finding a way to cut through the noise, it's key, so stay tuned. But first, quick word from our sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by NextWaveInnovation.io, working with small and medium-sized businesses to help them find growth opportunities through the creation of smart, effective apps. Learn more at NextWaveInnovation.io. We'd also like to thank Mac Avenue Music Group as a contributing sponsor. To hear our theme and other great music, visit macavenue.com. Part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you, Vicki, is because you've got so much experience talking to so many different people. And and a lot of them are themselves innovators, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you know, for us, it, we'll get there along the way. The, the idea of, of, even just the idea of thought leadership, how has that changed and grown for you over the last 20 years? Right, right. And I have some trends that are creating. I read chapter 13 of your book. So you're going to see some references in some of my comments. To oh, that. So one of the things that I talk about is what is, you know, I made a list here of what are some of the trends that are creating the turbulence, that are creating the unpredictability in an innovator's world, you know, in, the, in, in an innovative world of thought leadership. You know, what is, what's going on in that environment? What are the challenges based upon that turbulence and unpredictability? You know, where's the, un, what is the impact of the unpredictability? And then what's working now? You know, right now with all that turbulence and all that unpredictability, what is working now? How can innovators or thought leaders, how can they deal with it? So I see it as the Trojan horse is thought leadership. But it's really about how do you get your ideas out there or stand out when there's a lot of unpredictability out there. Mm -hmm. And how do you? Tell us more. The first thing that you have to understand about the positive turbulence and and really the unpredictability out there is that thought leadership has become commoditized. Mm -hmm. And so everybody says they're a thought leader. There are no standard qualifications for being a thought leader, although I think that may change. But it's commoditized. How do you think that's going to change? I think analytics is going to come in and start and and play a a major role in the definition. And I think it's going to be defined by your community, not by what you know. I Uh, love that. And it's going to be, all right, so here's what I see happening. Interesting. Okay. So people are judging people's influence not by the insights that they have or the innovations that they've made, but by how many people like them and how many Twitter followers and that kind of thing. And you see that 
being monetized now. I read this article that it, in fact, blew me away so much it inspired a blog post. You got two-year-olds being branded as influencers. And what? they're get yo, two years yes. old. Now, tell me what a two-year-old knows, please. Okay? <laughs> please. Um, what? Yeah, blew my mind, too. So they're, they're getting, either cute or quirky, but you know they're not. They're not going to be uh, thought leaders by a traditional definition. Exactly. But so so what you're seeing is you're seeing thought leadership being morphed into influencers. Yes. Right. And so so that's really where thought leadership is going is is to make that journey from a thought leader to an influencer. And when you're an influencer, you don't have to know jack. All right. right. Let's get let's get real. Two years old getting five figures for a real cute photo. Okay, you got Mike the situation. Now, this is an old example, but stay with me. Mike the situation of the Jersey Shore fame making $5 million in appearance fees. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me what he knows besides mm -hmm. how to party. Okay, so yeah, that's where, so thought leadership is going to start blurring into the influence market. And right. influence has now become monetized. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a game changer. That's you want to talk about unpredictability and positive turbulence. Mm -hmm. We have seen this the dark side of that. Thank you, Kardashians. Okay, you know, you have to release a sex tape in order to get the initial attention. You know, I would call that work, dark like, side, yeah. you know, Miley Cyrus <laughs> to get the attention, and that's all because people don't know what to do with the unpredictability. Mm -hmm. So, what happens that I see is when things become unpredictable that kind of invites the dark side initially okay and so yeah this is so far this is feeling like a lot of negative turbulence yeah i'm right? sorry you know i That's didn't okay. mean no, 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 I didn't mean I just, no, no but, but here's the but, but here's the positive the positive is it's just a different challenge i mean it is what it is but you can still navigate in a fabulous way mm -hmm. okay you just got to Acknowledge what else is going out there. And here's the thing. If you can understand why something's working, you can flip that negative to a positive in a heartbeat. That's the thing. People are going to the negative because they know it works, but they don't know why it works. Right. If you understand why something works, you can flip the script and do something positive. And that's the only reason why things are negative is because it's in the beginning stages. Oh. When, it, when you have the beginning stages, and I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here, when you have a beginning stage of unpredictability, it's chaos. And when chaos happens in the initial stages, people will do anything to get what they need. Mm -hmm. And if it's bad attention, they don't care because it's still attention. Right, yeah. There's a lot of examples of that right now. Yeah. Uh, in our <laughs> but face. that's okay because it's not going to stay that way. Can you give an example of that flip, uh, either from your own uh, own experience, uh, a story you could tell, or an example that's hypothetical but but drawn on some facts, uh, just just to help our listeners uh, unpack what you're saying? Sure, Me Too movement. Okay, mm -hmm. check this out. All right, so the Me Too movement got attention with a very innocuous but aspirational message. You are not alone. When you look at the beginning of the Me Too movement, that's all they said. Mm -hmm. Me Too. You're not alone. You're not alone. 
So here's all this bad behavior going on out there and people getting away with it. I mean, look at R. Kelly, Mm -hmm. you know, getting away with it for decades. But what they did to flip the script is they didn't meet it head on. They tapped into an emotional need of the other side, which is they were isolated. And that's all they did in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's what made it go viral without a lot of opposition, because who can argue with people knowing they're not alone? I mean, how can you argue with that? How can you say it's bad to know that you're not alone? Okay. Mm -hmm. But what happened is that was the Trojan horse. So I tell innovators in the thought leadership space is, do you need a Trojan horse? Mm. Do you need a message that is so pleasing and innocuous that you're going to reduce the opposition to it? And once you're in there, you can expand upon it. See, a lot of thought leaders want to go for broke in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, when there's chaos, you got to look for the side door. Because in chaos, a lot of doors are opening and shutting so quickly. Mm-hmm. The front door is not always open anymore it's bolted shut for whatever reason go to the side Mm -hmm. go through the back door open a window that's (laughs) what trojan horses do does that make sense oh yeah yeah (laughs) so i'm building trojan horses on a pretty regular basis that's what you do in chaos so I, I imagine you use uh, turbulence to your advantage, maybe as a, as a tool, as a weapon, as a secret weapon, whatever it may be. All and, day, and every day, maybe. All day, every day. You <laughs> talk about the Trojan horse as one example. What are some of your other uh, turbulence techniques that you've used to create positive change? Well, what I see that's working now is what I call emotional reminders. Okay. This is what I love about what's going on now is there used to be this pressure to create something new and innovation was defined as something new that no one has ever heard of before. Mm -hmm. But what's happening now, which I absolutely love because there's more room to play, is emotional reminders. Again, the Me Too movement did a great job with that. It was an emotional reminder that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I see out there that's working now, that's cutting through the white noise, which is the biggest challenge, you know, innovators and thought leadership have is that they can't just bring trot out a new idea. That's not going to work anymore. Too many people have megaphones. So what cuts through the white noise right now? It's emotional reminders. You see this all the time in advertising to your question you know one of the things i look at is labels and definitions Mm -hmm. that's the areas to play with right now how do you label something how do you define it that cuts through the white noise Mm -hmm. so there's tools of the trade so i'm giving you my super secret tools of the trade (laughs) how do you define something because that can be a moving target how you label something is the anchor so I think you have a really interesting sort of ringside view to what's going on right now. This sort of backs my earlier point. There's a lot of negativity out there, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of negative turbulence. There's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of uncertainty. What kind of? I mean, you know, stepping away from me too for a minute. What kind of other bits of positive turbulence have you observed out there, like in the industry that that 
speak to a coming change. Wow. Well, dang. dang. Where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that, that's a great question. I think that there's some movements out there in, mm-hmm. in thought leadership and innovation, going back to the emotional in, in reminders, that we, mm-hmm. get, we forget stuff when we're confused. And so I see Airbnb's campaign about being kind to one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, so a, a key strategic question you can ask yourself is, what do, we, what do we forget in the chaos? Mm-hmm. What do we forget in the chaos? And those emotional reminders can cut through the white noise. So Airbnb's let's be kind to each other is a, is a great, ad campaign mm-hmm. the dove i love the dove soap campaign you know their their latest campaign is you know they they were the folks that showed the time-lapse photoshop mm-hmm. of how some of how a female model looked and then how they made her look different mm-hmm. you know what the new and so-called new and improved well they did an experiment which was really interesting they had people draw themselves Okay, and then they showed that to strangers. They showed that drawing to strangers. And what the strangers saw versus what the artist saw when they were drawing themselves, a self-portrait. Wow. That was powerful. And it was a, an emotional reminder that we are all beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, let's look at how that happened. Okay. In this chaotic space, what breaks through the white noise is not just the emotional reminder, but it's how you convey it. Yeah. And we are now demonstrating that through experiences and story. Mm-hmm. So in that particular situation, when Dove, Dove did this, and by the way, their soap sales increased 13%. That's huge mm-hmm. in that marketplace. Yeah. So it had an impact. It had a big impact. Right. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they didn't tell a story. They created an experience. And that's what's going to happen moving forward. That's what I see happening beyond stories. Oh, interesting. Is, is, mm-hmm. is you create the experience. So they didn't tell a story. They kind of mm-hmm. did. But what they led with was the experiment, the experience. And right. what that allows people to do is to discover. And that's what innovators, I think, of all stripes need to think about, is what do you want people to discover? How can we influence the discovery? Mm -hmm. This feels very... Go ahead. You let people in. When you influence the discovery, that's how you cut through the white noise that's out there. That's how you cut through when everybody else is telling stories. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. This feels very... Very millennial friendly in a way too, right? Well, like, yeah. Because that that generation is really into discovery, and uh-huh. they don't want to be led by the nose. And why should they? <laughs> oh know? yeah. I mean, let's get let's get real. Millennials are the five hundred pound gorilla now. It's not mm-hmm. the boomers. Mm-mm. And I've told my boomer friends, I said, y'all need to buckle up. We all need to buckle up here because here's why: <laughs> we used to be the change agent. Now we are going to be the recipient of the change. And mm-hmm. this is a very different role, okay? Mm-hmm. This is why you see a bunch of angry people 
at least in the U.S., during our last election cycle. They were the recipient of change, and they're like, hey, I'm used to robbing this train. You know, what? now I'm a recipient? No. What's going on? I'm not running this, you know? Right. So, yeah, millennials change everything. They're changing. Yeah. The, you want to talk about tur- positive turbulence. And this is what's so great about it, right? Their unpredictability is rooted in good intent. Yeah. See, that's what's so beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have not raised a generation of monsters. Yay us, you know? <laughs> I mean, it kind of looks like it, you know, woohoo! You know, we have raised a generation to believe that, you know, be kind, but don't take any BS, you know? Yeah. We've raised a generation to believe that they can be anything. Well, guess what? They're going to give it a shot. Yeah. How can we blame them? I'd like to go back to the uh, uh, criteria you started to talk about for the new thought leadership. And, and my, my first takeaway was one of the uh, new criteria is it's traditional expert knowledge plus being an influencer. And those two things create kind of a recipe that's one of the qualities of the new thought leadership. Could, could you share with us uh, two or three more of those qualities of the new thought leadership that, that are on your mind? Yeah, you got to step first off, you need to establish a role in the conversation. Okay, okay? Gotcha. it's not enough to have a great idea. What's your role? Are you a navigator? Are you helping people navigate uncharted territory? Are you an advocate? What are you? Mm-hmm. And Oprah was really a, one of my favorite examples because she built such a big empire on this. She never said that she was an expert on everything. She was just the curious and wise neighbor lady that you had over for coffee, mm-hmm. right? And you have to understand that in that environment, and I'm dating myself here, say with me, yes, I'm that old, people, is that when she started, she was an outlier. That yeah. role was innovative because everybody else was hard-charging news people. Yeah, Right, yeah. Okay, she, so so now, so so yeah, it has long roots or, or big roots, but it's coming to fruition now. You got to be the role in the conversation, from my view. You don't need a presentation style. You need a signature voice, and there's a big difference. Tell us how. What does that mean? Okay, a signature voice is a way of conveying things that help you stand out when everybody else has the same idea. Okay. And I think Oprah is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. She is so wise, you know, and, and you never know what she's going to say, but you're looking forward to saying it. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have some people that are known for telling, speaking the truth to power. Mm-hmm. You know, they pull no punches, but they're not disrespectful. One of the many positive things that I see out there is being obnoxious is becoming passe. Mm, oh, huge. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, baby Jesus, right? Boy, I mean, you did that, Fed. Yeah. I mean, it used to be you had to be, you know, rowdy. I mean, you had to be rude. And now that's just, and thank you to the millennials. People just look askance and roll their eyes and move on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, likability is is a is a great thing you got to be warm and approachable you got to be relaxed and confident 
So what I think a lot of thought leaders have done is they have honed their style, but what's changing the turbulence is we're now looking at more relaxed settings. Yeah. So polish is now having a blowback. Right. So you can't be, you can be, you need to be warm and you need to be professional, but you can't be too slick because we're now going to a more, a more relaxed environment. You know, I think I see this, this turbulence hitting the financial industry, particularly with uh, finance, bankers and all that, because, you know, they had one of the most polished styles that there was out there and it's threatening them. And I actually, I see them kind of scrambling right now for what are we, who are we, how do we present ourselves? Because people aren't buying what was being sold on Wall Street and other places. Oh, exactly. I mean, they got to show that they care which is hard for some of them, you know, I mean, you know, so yeah, they got to show that they care and, and they have to, they have to create a counterbalance to past actions. You know, they, they have to create a counterbalance to past actions. Which other industries do you see that this, this new approach is, is kind of really upsetting their, their sort of reason detra for many, many years? Well, it's whoever's considered an enemy. You know, financial services is considered an enemy. I think technology is starting to be feared a little bit. So I see them going to have some positive turbulence. They need to let people know, hey, we're really not evil as we collect all your data and sell them to marketers, you know. (laughs) We're not really trying to be mean while we do this, you know. They got, I think they have a big gap to close, though. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. so a long answer to your short question is, yeah, technology. This is the turbulence when people wake up and realize, hey, we're on the menu. Mm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, we're on the menu here. Wow. We didn't know that while I was posting those cat videos. Hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so anytime that there's a new development, the villain kind of switches. So uh-huh. what used to be a good thing is now something to be questioned or feared. Another group, at least here in the U.S., politicians. Oh, oh yeah. lordy lord. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you say? Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, somewhere recently I saw the new Congress uh, in, in Washington, D.C. They had a picture of the... Uh, Democratic side and the Republican side. Yep. And what, did you see that one? Okay, what yeah, dramatic that's an experience, isn't it? You know, the Republican side were a bunch of old white guys with white shirts and red mm-hmm. ties and either blue or gray jackets. And the Democratic side looked like you know the people of of the United States. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and what what dramatic op, uh, you know differences there and polarities there? Now, uh, see, that is a great example of an experience. Look at that for a second. You don't have to say anything, right? right? You don't even have to add color commentary. Show the photos and let people decide for themselves. That is a millennial thing, and that's going to stick around for a while. Are you a small or medium-sized business thinking about building an app to help your business grow? Check out nextwaveinnovation.io. That's nextwaveinnovation.io. We'll help you find that next wave to ride. Let me push this question a little further. I've got, I've got, I'm making some notes here. I've got the new thought leadership, be an influencer, establish a role in the conversation, a humanized signature voice. Is there a fourth and fifth, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, let's rock on. Let's rock on. To your point, 
I love this part in your book. To your point, look at the peripheral. People don't do that. Yeah. I love that. They have a tendency. Innovators have a tendency, and they say they don't, but let me tell you something they do, okay? They stick in one lane. Mm -hmm. They're not taking advantage of the blurring of the lines, okay? And this is where we're at from an environment standpoint is lines are being blurred all over the place. I mean, let's look at gender. Sexual identification, talk about blurring lines, you know, work-life balance, blurred lines, you know, and everything is very fluid right now. So what used to happen is thought leaders would stay in their lane. And even I do that to a certain extent, right? I'll say, hey, do not speak to me about your speaking style. I'm not a humorist, as we've seen, right? I'm not a humorist. (laughs) You need to go somewhere else. Okay, you want a website done? Do not speak to me. <laughs> you know, not my gig, right? I say that a lot, not my gig. Mm-hmm. But that sometimes is a little wrong in that with the lines blurring, that's not necessarily the best thing. What we have is a lot of thought leaders and innovators. They run around with their hammers looking for new nails. And I'm telling folks to stop doing that. Take advantage of the blurred lines. Where can your, by looking at the peripheral, where can you play? How can you apply your brilliance? That's really what this is, what this is, you know? And another thing that I see is fight, and and again, your book says this, fight the fatigue. Hmm. You know, I mean, you gotta, you know, you can't, you can't go. 90 miles an hour forever. You know, in my childhood, my dad said this to me all the time, slow down to about 90, you know? I mean, <laughs> all the time. I mean, that's the story of my life. So you have, to, you have to renew yourself. You know, burnout helps no one. Another thing that I, I see missing that I think influencers need to do is you need to have, and this sounds dark, stay with me, have okay. an approach for failure. Okay, because this is we live in a nonlinear world. Okay, this is not going to be a journey where you have one success after another. Please, ain't happening. Okay, let's detach from that. That's not going to happen. What will help you kind of cushion the blow is have an approach. Have an approach for failure. There is no such thing as a success only journey. Okay, so what wait, happens? Whoa, wait a minute. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash, okay? There is no such thing as a success-only journey. There's only the up, right? No, no. no. Here's what I see. You know, I'm going to rant about this and get off. Yeah. I see the hockey stick, uh-huh. okay? I don't see a stair step. I see a hockey stick. Here's what I see. I see people putting in the effort, putting in the effort, and, it's, and the results are plateauing right? It's like, you can't see, you're like, what is going on? I just don't understand and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden something happens and you shoot straight up. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell my clients to expect. I said, there's going to be times when you're going to be plugging away, nothing's happening. And you're like, man, did I make a, a wrong turn somewhere and just don't know? And then all of a sudden, boom, right? Something happens and you're going straight up. Yeah, and I think I distracted you because this is not how do you respond when things go bad. 
how do you respond when things go bad? What, what kind of strategies are there? What do I do? Or well, what, what do what I do tell my clients to do? Well, <laughs> I, well there, there is some correlation between the two things, I hope. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> not necessarily. Okay, I'm kind Perfect. of a do as I say, don't do as I do, girl, but okay. <laughs> What what I do when and I had this several years back. I had I had worked very hard for six months on something that just wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was during a time in my personal life when other things weren't working out. Mm-hmm. So I had three or four things happening together, three or four sources of turbulence coming together at the same time. And what worked for me was to detach. Okay, so I do tell my clients you got to detach. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is going to happen when it happens. If you get detached to a timeline, you're dead. Okay, Mm -hmm. you're going to start making up stories, you're dead. So I do do that with with clients and I do that as well. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I do that I do not recommend all the time is go crawl under a rock. Okay, go crawl under a rock and gaze at your navel. All right, I go to a spa. All right, so I'm a spa girl. And I'm like, you know what? I need to just have a facial and a massage. And then things are going to look better to me after that. So I would tell clients, what can you do to change your story? Mm-hmm. Is it a day at the spa? Is it a day reading a book? Is it a day binge watching your favorite TV show? What is it? Okay, so crawling under a rock is not always recommended but that's what I do sometimes and no one knows when I do it because what's great is when you fly under the the radar you're not missed right (laughs) you know nobody knows you know I had a friend of mine say one time they said because I was telling them I was off my game at one point because a very good friend of mine passed away and I was like you know I just feel like I'm off my game and she said honey nobody will know that (laughs) you off your game is everybody else on their game so Mm -hmm. no worries (laughs) you know you can go to lunch with a friend and be off your game nobody will notice (laughs) so it it you know you just again it goes back to i think fighting the fatigue and renewing yourself and having an approach for failure now me being a systems person i have milestones and benchmarks So one of the things I did on my failed experiment is I gave it a timeline, okay? Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to go pedal to the metal for six months, and I don't care what happens. So I detached. I said, I don't care what happens. I'm going for six months, and then I'm going to stop and assess. And what I realized when I stopped and assessed after six months is I signed up for stuff I wasn't going to do. What does that mean? What I learned is I was on this particular speaker circuit, right? And, and I show up at a lot of places in order to attract new opportunities. And I underestimated the hustle factor of getting those free opportunities. And I underestimated the hustle factor during those opportunities to get the kind of clients I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I didn't sign up to work that hard. I mean, let's get real. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't sign up to be on the phone constantly hustling for free stuff. I mean, I give enough, uh, enough free stuff away. I'm not looking to give away more free stuff. I mean, it's, 
no. <laughs> so I didn't realize that I signed up for that, mm-hmm. you know, until I got in it. And that's the thing is you don't, the thing about turbulence is you don't know until you get in it. Right. So yeah. you really have to, you, ha- you come in with your assumptions, but you have to remember they're only assumptions. Yes, and you so really have to constantly, for me, I tell clients, constantly stick your finger up in the wind and say, which way is the wind blowing? And if you're clear on what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do, you know, then you'll be okay. And I was not willing to hustle that hard. Yeah. You know, I'm used to showing up, you know, loaded for bear, and I'll let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. And that's what's worked for me. And I'm still willing to do that. You know, I'm still willing to prepare. I'm still willing to do a good job. You know, I spoke at Harvard about a year ago and it was Murphy's law. You know, I mean, everything that could go wrong went wrong. You know, I mean, I had to kick people out of the classroom. I mean, it was crazy, mm-hmm. you know, but it all worked out. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a, I, I told my family, I said, I would, the good news is I was a smash hit. The interesting news is it was a miracle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and not through my effort, you know, it was just a miracle, you know, with everything that went on. So I, I can imagine that there are uh, listeners out there who are in the middle of some project, some innovation that they're working away at and they're, they're hearing you and they're, and they're thinking to themselves, okay, so what kind of signals? should I be looking for? Because I I know so many who who go well past their due date, you know, well past their best before date, like they're they're into it, but they they haven't begun to pivot. They haven't even thought about what, how to change this. They haven't thought they have, they won't even let themselves think about letting it go. And then even if they are finding like deciding what the signals are that they should listen to are, is very difficult. Right, right. It's called beating a dead horse. I've done that a lot of times. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I, I've done that. You know, guilty as charged. Yeah. And, I, and here's what happens with me is if I, as a systems person, right, mm-hmm. once I settle in on a system that worked, mm-hmm. there's got to be a lot happening for me to understand that that system no longer works. Right. And I had this happen because, you know, when you're in business for, you know, 30 years plus, yes, we were not enforcing child labor laws when I started. Uh, <laughs> you know, you see a, a bunch of stuff and you see your role in it. And I was in a situation about 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, where I saw the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. And you have to walk away. You, and I think what keeps people from walking away is they make assumptions about the present and the future based upon the past. Mm-hmm. So one question I ask myself to find those signals is what's going on right now? And two, is this the new normal or is this just a passing one off? Mm. Mm-hmm. And that second question is important. Yeah. If this is a new normal, like I saw in my situation, I was on a, again, another speaker circuit and I saw how they were promoting the thing. And I remember saying to myself, this is not sustainable. Mm. This is on the downhill slide. I mm-hmm. need to get out. Yeah. I'm not going to ride the horse till it dies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sick. Get off. You know? Mm-hmm. And I did. And it was hard because a, a, a good portion, a significant portion of my business was based on that. Yeah. But I've, I've walked away 
four times in my business life. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed it gets easier every time. Mm. Yeah. You know, one time, the first time I had to walk away is I had to let go of an entire division, right? My husband, the engineer, was so good. He's so supportive about stuff like this. And he looked at me, he goes, well, what would you do with the time? You know, you would have all this extra time on your hands if you dropped this division that was like, you know, 60 to 75% of your business, what would you do? And Mm -hmm. I said, oh, I would do this. And I just peeled off 10 or 15 things. And he looked at me. And had this little smile on his face, and he goes, then go do that. (laughs) And I'm like, again, cocking the head like a German shepherd. I'm like, huh? You know? (laughs) Okay. And so so when you – so you just have to look at the writing on the wall. Mm -hmm. And in that particular case, it was a call from a client. You know, it was a call from a strategy client. And it was a year after I worked with them. And they said, you know, we just wanted to call and let you know what happened during this year. And again, I went to the dark side in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, something burst into flames. I got to fix it. What Mm -hmm. happened now? You know, and they're like, well, you know, we did what you said. It was really hard because it was very different than what you what we wanted to do. But we took your advice and we just went with it. And, you know, we generated eight, nine hundred thousand dollars in new business. And I'm like. What? I mean, you know, it's like I fell out of my chair. And I didn't know I could do that good. And so I realized, so sometimes we have an event, okay? We have something that happens, and you got to pay attention to that as a clue. And what I realized after that conversation is that the, is that the division that I had built for, for 15 years was really a security blanket. Yeah. And the security blanket was going to hold me back until I let go. Mm-hmm. And that conversation helped me understand that it was okay to let go, mm-hmm. that I could still create value. I could still be an advocate for thought leaders. I can still be what I wanted to be. I just didn't need the security blanket. How so, do you get over the fear? There's, there's, there are a lot of us, like in, in business, there's, there's a lot of times when there are things that look like they're good things, right? Yeah. Giant pieces of our business or whatever, but that are preventing us from from growing, preventing us from innovating, preventing us from oh yeah, trying new things. And and you know, organizations both small and large have that same problem. How do you how do you coach your your clients in in dealing with that fear? Because it's it's scary to decide that you're going to let go of something big. Well, what we do, and again, because I'm a little too anal sometimes, is we look at the upside. We say, okay, you have to show them an alternative universe and say, okay, so if you let go of this, are you really going to get hit by a train here? I mean, just how true is that statement? Mm -hmm. What else could happen? You know, Mm -hmm. here's what, and I I go from a market analysis approach. I'll say, Mm -hmm. here are the factors that are wins in your sale, okay? It's not going to make it a slam dunk. It makes it easier, okay? Mm -hmm. It increases the probability. So I'll have a probability discussion with them. Now, some people, and I'm guilty of this, I'm kind of like a stair stepper. Mm -hmm. I don't jump in with both feet. I do things incrementally. Mm-hmm. So if I find that my client's an incremental person like me, I'll say, why don't you just conduct a pilot program? Mm-hmm. Why don't you do something small? Give your clients options so they can always opt out of the new thing if they don't want to do it and see what happens. 
you know, and just so I have a lot of let's just see what happens might surprise yourself. So one of the things I did in my business and I'm, you know, you wanted me to use myself as an example. I can, I can talk about this now is years ago. I used to believe, you know, cause I was such a control freak that I wanted to handle all the details. It's like, I wanted to see the raw data from the marketplace. I wanted to see the buyer behavior. I want to see all of it. Don't touch nothing. Just let me do it all by myself. And then I will present you the findings. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like them, that's fine. We'll adjust. Okay. Well, what's happening now when I stuck my finger in the air is people want to collaborate. Yes. All right. They don't want me to run off into my back cave and figure stuff out and come back to them. Mm-hmm. So I had to let go of that process, which was right. my security blanket, because then I knew it was right. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, you know, people are betting the farm here. This has got to be right. It's got to be perfect. And it can't be perfect unless I'm doing it. Because if you could do it, you'd done it by now. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had to learn how to collaborate. And what I learned through that journey was astounding. Mm-hmm. I learned two things. Number one, people love it when you collaborate. Because I had a client say this to me once. The reason why I love collaborating with you is I get the good ideas faster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, who knew that? Again, <laughs> caught, you know, right? And I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to me that I was giving better ideas faster. Who knew? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing that happened is in my heart, I love to, to educate. I love talking about how the sausage is made so mm-hmm. people can learn and make the sausage for themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Being a systems person, I'll give them the, the elements to the, the ingredients to the recipe and here's what you do now and blah, 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 blah. Well, people love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of DIYers out there. Yeah. They want to do it themselves. I had one client that says, I want to understand the business. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I can do that. And here's the big secret for me. It's all in my head anyway, because I've been doing it for 30 some odd years. This has fallen off a log easy. Yeah. So I had to really have a chat with myself and say, look, just because something is easy doesn't mean it's not valuable. Yeah. It's valuable to them. Just because it's easy to you doesn't mean it's easy for them. It's valuable to them because it's not easy for them. It's easy for you because you've had too much practice. You've been honing it for 30 some odd years. One of the things that turbulence is a function of, of, of difference, and right, we have, when things are the same or repeating, we tend to have a, a steady state system and there's not a lot changing, there's not a lot happening. And so how can we use novelty to create turbulence and to create change or use it to give us insight that we hadn't had before? Sure. What I love about novelty is that it's really a function of faith. You have to have faith that what's coming around the corner is going to be great. And it's hard to let go if you don't have that faith. So what novelty teaches us, in my opinion, is it allows us to work our faith muscle. Mm -hmm. It allows us to experience that, yeah, nobody's going to die. You know, if I let go of this, it's not a permanent thing, Mm -hmm. you know. And in in our journey through turbulence, Sometimes it feels like things are permanent, 
I have a, a family member way. going through a tough time. And I said, I've, go I've gone down this road and I promise you this is not permanent. Mm -hmm. It feels permanent. It feels disjointed. It's not permanent. And so what novelty does is novelty allows us to flex our faith muscle. It also allows us to have a creative outlet. Novelty allows us to dream a little mm -hmm. and say, okay, based on this novelty thing right here, how can I play? How can I, how can I contribute? And it's a low-risk environment sometimes when you seek novelty because nobody knows nothing yet. Right. I tell people all the time, there's a big difference between dreaming and doing. Okay. Novelty lets us dream. And then if we want to do a systematic approach to doing, then we can do that. But novelty, novelty sparks that curiosity and lets us dream. It also helps us practice faith because what you learn time and time again from novelty, this is novelty has been my biggest teacher here is that what comes around the corner can be just as cool or even cooler than what you have right now. Mm -hmm. wow. It can be. It's not all bad. <laughs> Such wisdom today, Vicki. I really want to thank you for that. And I, I want to remind listeners that Vicki's website, VickiSullivan.com, so that's V-I-C-K-I-E Sullivan.com, is loaded, actually, with great tips and tricks for people looking for ideas for how to get their message out in the world and to market their, their innovation. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, Karen, I mean, I, if you want to see me rant, go on over there. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm ranting like, you know, I'm, I'm unleashed, right? So there's nothing stopping me and, you know, except for just good manners. And uh, we, I think we, I, I did a post the other day about how to neutralize a copycat, you know, that got kind of rowdy. You know, uh, I think I got another one coming up. How to use outrage to your advantage. You know, I mean, <laughs> there's all sorts of silliness up in there. Thank you so much for your time today, Vicki. I really, 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 Ooh. really appreciate it. You uh, bet. Yeah. yeah. This has been the, like, this went by in like eight seconds. This I know. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> I love it. If you're a small or medium-sized business and are looking for that bump to get you over the hump, check out nextwaveinnovation.io. They are masters at learning who you are, crafting smart, effective apps, and helping your business grow. That's nextwaveinnovation.io. Thank you to AMI who have nurtured us in developing this podcast, is the source of so many of our guests, and of course the founder, Stan Griskevich, is also the author of the original book, and dare I say the trailblazer of positive turbulence. AMI is a pioneering nonprofit organization comprised of committed individuals who foster and leverage creativity and innovation in organizations and society. AMI identifies leading edge innovation, shares experiences, sponsors research, and recognizes innovation and creative processes. Find out more at aminnovation.org. And a big thank you to Mac Avenue Music Group, our contributing sponsor, for providing our podcast soundtrack, Late Night Sunrise. If you want to find out more about your hosts, Positive Turbulence, our guests, or check out our very cool and very diverse reading list, 
head over to positiveturbulence.com. Until next time, keep the turbulence positive.